We are uh, continuing our series, right, uh, uh, talking about uh, uh, the seven churches of Revelation, right, the seven churches that uh, Jesus Christ had a word for in the first century, right, a word of uh, encouragement, a word of cor- correction uh, for a majority of those, right, uh, but uh, we've been talking about how uh, this word that he had for these specific churches in Asia Minor uh, weren't just for those churches, They were for you and me in here today, right? God has a word right through uh, this word that he gave to the churches for us in here today. And so we're focusing on uh, the church in Thyatira, uh, the church in Thyatira. And so uh, uh, Revelation uh, chapter two, uh, starting in verse 18. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. Amen. Amen. And we're going to read through the rest of the chapter, uh, verses 18 through uh, 29. This is what the word of the Lord says. And to the angel or the messenger of the church in Thyatira, write the words of the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished Bronze, right? This is Jesus that he's talking, uh, Jesus talking about himself uh, here, right? Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the series, right? Uh, the Jesus that we follow and serve isn't just the Jesus that we see in the manger. He's not a baby in the manger anymore. He was at one time, but he isn't a baby in the manger, right? He, he's not uh, one that is still hanging on the cross, right? The, the Jesus that we follow and serve, right? Uh, got up from the grave. He's risen and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Right. And he's coming back one day to rule and reign on this earth. That's the Jesus we follow and serve. And and he reminds right the church at Thyatira who he is here in verse 18. Verse 19 says this. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance and that your latter works exceed the first. He commands this young church here, man. They were growing. They were maturing in their faith. Folks were getting saved within the church. Lives were being changed, right? Folks were becoming more than just quote unquote Sunday Christians. But man, this Christianity was their lifestyle. They were growing and maturing in him. And he commends them for that. But I have this against you. That you tolerate that woman Jezebel. Who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her unto a sickbed and those who uh, commit adultery with her, I will Throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. Uh, What was going on was there was this false prophetess that uh, went under the surname Jezebel, right? That wasn't, a lot of scholars don't believe that was her uh, original name. But uh, her uh, lifestyle and choices and what she taught, you know, resembled that of Jezebel, that that wicked uh, queen back in the Old Testament. She was going in and spreading, right, uh, this uh, false gospel in this church. And what was going on was that even though in the midst of the growth of the church, Right. Uh, all those Christians there were tolerating. Right. What she was sharing. 
And because of that, we saw a lot of those Christians end up going astray, end up going astray. And God said he had had enough of it and judgment was going to come. He was going to step in and intervene. Which, by the way, I'll throw this in no charge, right? That That is who our God uh, is, right? He is a God of mercy and grace, but also he is a God of justice. And in due time, right, uh, uh, justice will be served. Judgment will be handed out, right, if we don't choose to turn back to him, choose to trust in him. In verse 24, but to the rest of you in Thyatira who... Do not hold this teaching who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan to you. I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my words until the end to him, I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And when As when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. I've entitled this message uh, today simply this, a culture of compromise, a culture of compromise. Won't we pray together? God, we love you. We Ask and pray over these next few moments that you would speak to us, God, that have your way in uh, this place. Lord, help us to be the believers that uh, instead of tolerating uh, sin in our own life and sin in the lives of our other brothers and sisters, Lord, I pray that we choose to speak to it, Lord, deal with it. And God, in doing so, choose to hold fast, God, to the faith that we have possessed in God, repentance and faith in you. God, speak to us now. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. Amen and amen. The church at Thyatira, right? A big trade city, a big military town, the smallest of the seven churches that are being talked about here. Right. And in this town, they had uh, what were called trade guilds, which were essentially organizations, right, made up of uh, uh, different folks that, that did different things. Right. Uh, you had an organization for folks that traded wool, organization of folks that, uh, you know, that, that traded animals, so on and so forth. Right. But within these organizations, right, they had kind of their own uh, social strata or, or social club uh, intertwined with it. And so, obviously, you know, they worked together in trading and selling with other places, but then they also had a little fun together as well. And part of that fun was choosing to uh, sacrifice and choosing to worship the false gods that each of these different uh, trade guilds or organizations took hold of. And here's the thing. For Christians that were here in Thyatira, they had a choice to make. They could either choose to compromise their faith For the sake of being a part of one of these guilds. Or choose to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a part of that. But if they decided to do that, chances are they wouldn't have a job anymore. And so they were at a crossroads. And while that's going on, right, the church is growing, lives are being changed. But this false prophetess is coming in and preaching, hey, you know what, it's okay for you to choose to 
jump in, right, and, and participate in this organization. Hey, here, God, God's a God of grace anyway. Man, he'll forgive you. Hey, you, you've got to work. Listen, you're going to lose your job if you don't jump in and partake in all that's going on here. You're going to find yourself in a mess. And so because of that, we saw this church become a church that tolerated. Hey, we saw this church become a church that compromised their faith. And they end up finding themselves in a mess. Listen, the church at Thyatira, they knew the truth of God. But instead of contending for the truth, they let this false prophetess, right, stay in and linger, right, preach this false stuff. They let sin that was there in the camp linger. And because of that, they found themselves in a mess. Listen, the word that God has for us today, right, is to choose not to be Christians that compromise our faith, compromise our convictions, right, for the sake of a buck. The call for us as believers today are to choose to be those Christians that choose not to compromise our faith, compromise our convictions for the sake of being a part of, you know, some kind of social status or growing our social status. The call for us as the people of God, right, is to choose to hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. Real real quick this morning, I've got two faith statements that we see here in Revelation chapter 2, right, that we can take home with us. Right, that speaks to this call for us to hold fast today. And then I'll be done. Two faith statements that we see here in Revelation chapter 2 that we can take home with us. The first faith statement is this. Tolerance of sin leads to destruction within. I believe I'll say that one more time. Tolerance of sin leads to destruction from within. That's why Jesus hammers this home. Here, he says, man, hey, look, at you guys are growing. That's great and good. But at the same time, man, you're tolerating all this junk that's going on in the life of the church. Tolerating it. You're not dealing with it. And because of that, they found themselves in a mess. Tolerance of sin leads to destruction from within. I remember when I first moved here to Clarksville for within the first couple of months, uh, right? Uh, I was helping out with the college ministry, uh, part of Living Hope in Large. Tileton didn't even exist yet, right? It was just a dream at that point. But was helping out with the college ministry, and we were uh, tailgating at Austin Peay State University, right up the road here. I say right up the road, about 25 minutes, Brother Cliff, a little way. But right, you know, down that way. Uh, we were tailgating at one of their football games. And uh, I had had a little bit of tooth pain, you know, Brother Sam, for a little while. I had a little bit of tooth pain. Now, granted, right, there had been a long, there had been a long gap between the time I went to the dentist. Went to the dentist, ah, probably junior year of high school. Then we lost insurance, and it hadn't been since, you know, up to this certain time, which I'll get to here in a second. I remember, you know, we're tailgating, and, you know, me, it's, things are a little slow. And I love a good tailgate because, what you know what that means? Free food at different places, all kinds of food. So I'm walking around, man, the tailgate, eating a whole bunch of good stuff, right, eating a burger, I believe it was, start chewing on my left side, and all of a sudden I feel something crack, feel something break. I said, oh, that's not good. That's a problem. And so part of my tooth, right, the area where I had a little bit of pain, chipped off, broke off. Now, luckily, man, I believe this was, you know, by divine intervention, Brother Devin. We were set up. The tailgate was set up right by a new dentistry that was opening up in Sango. True story. 
New dentistry that was that was opening up in Sago. that right there? And so they had a little sign up list. And so I said, man, I guess this is God's calling for my life to at this moment to go ahead and sign up for this. And so I ended up signing up, going to the dentist, right, and finding out I needed a whole bunch of work done. Couple of root canals, couple of crowns. And any of you who've been to the dentist, taking your kids to the dentist because of that stuff, you know that ain't cheap. It ain't cheap. Hey, listen, my wallet hurt more than my mouth did after they did the procedure. It was rough. But here's the thing. All that stuff could have been avoided if I would have handled and dealt with, right, the the pain that I had earlier on that I was feeling. But what I did was I decided to tolerate it. Maybe because I was trying to be more of a man. Part of it was because, you know, I I was broke. I I didn't know how I was going to deal with it. But I decided to tolerate it. And it led to a mess. You know where I'm going, but I'm going to go there anyway, right? Hey, hey, that's what sin does. Hey, if you let sin fester and linger in your life, man, it just, it's just going to lead to a mess. It's going to lead to a mess. Hey if, hey, if you let right sin continue to crouch at your door and knock and you continue to give it, hey, it's going to lead to a mess. Hey, you may be in your word often, which is great and good. Hey, you may be praying often. But if you continue to tolerate the sin that is in your life personally, man, you're going to find yourself in a mess. You're going to find yourself in a mess. And that's where the people of God found themselves there in Thyatira. Tolerance for sin is in no way, shape or form. okay. rather, we must choose to walk in a manner that honors the Lord and look to lead others to do the same. We must not let sin wreak havoc in our life. Say, Pastor, where does that say that in the word? Well, I'm glad you asked. Matthew 5, 29 and 30. Jesus in the greatest sermon ever told. You probably know it. The Sermon on the Mount. Greatest sermon in history. Right. Look what he says pertaining to sin here. He says, hey, if your right eye causes you to sin, hey, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your one of your members than that whole than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Hey, listen, don't tolerate. Here it is. I'll put it this way. You know what Jesus is saying here? Hey, friends, don't tolerate sin in your life. Choose to terminate it. I believe I'll say that one more time. Hey, what Jesus is saying here is this. Hey, don't tolerate sin. Man, terminate it. That stuff in your life, man, that's crouching at your door, man. Hey, choose to get rid of it. Choose to get rid of it. Why? What happened in Thyatira? What what was the reason why they were choosing to to tolerate sin? Right. The sin that was going on there. Why, why was why was there a mess within the life of the church? Right. Because of uh, their toleration of sin. What, what was you know, what was the issue? Well, I believe it, it came down to two fundamental things that we see here in the text here. Man, the reason why they tolerated it was because we see that there was a lack of leadership there within the church. Lack of leadership. No one stepped up there. It says that this lady, this, this uh, Jezebel, w- was a prophetess, right? So essentially, she was a, you know, a, a leader within the church that just stepped up and started spewing this false doctrine that was taking place there. That was uh, there. She, she, she just stepped up and, and no leadership, right, was willing to, to be bold enough to step in and say, hey, you, you don't need to be doing this anymore. And that's why they found themselves in a mess. Now, bringing it to today, bridging the context. Now, I know that all of us in here, right, we aren't necessarily uh, on, um, you know, uh, uh, in leadership at our prospective, you know, jobs or within our prospective 
you know, within the prospective church. You may not have a leadership role, right? But as you know, leadership, friends, it's influence. And all of us in here, God has given us influence over people in our life. God has given you influence over your family. Those of you who have family here. God has given you influence right over those uh, fellow believers that you're pouring into and investing in. Right? And so the call for you is, whenever you see, man, a fellow brother and sister in the faith or see someone within your family struggling with sin, is to step in. Man, and in love, man, encourage them. Hey, listen, that, you, that's not God's best for you. Man, choose to turn around. Choose to get right. Choose to be real with them. That's the call for us in here, man, to choose to be people, right? That, man, if we see, man, our brothers and sisters struggling in the faith, man, choose to step into their life, man, speak truth and love to them. Not be like the, you know, Gestapo or police, man, and look to, you know, bang them over the head with all the stuff that they're struggling with. But rather to step in, man, and encourage them in love. Hey, listen, man, this isn't God's best for you. Man, choose to turn around. There was a lack of leadership, but also, man, there were at the end of the day was a lack of love for self and for other people within the body. Here's the thing, and you've heard it in culture today, right? Tolerance, right? That, that, that's what love is. That's what the world says. Hey, man, hey, listen, love is tolerance. Hey, listen, hey, your truth is my truth or, or your truth is a truth. Or your truth is one of the truths. Last time I checked, there's only one truth. Amen. Only one truth. And so the thought is, oh, okay, man, hey, we, we love this person by choosing to tolerate them. Hey, they're not doing anything harmful to society. Listen, man, hey, I, I know that they're looking at stuff that they don't need to, but man, hey, it's, it's not harming their marriage. Man, I know they're in conversation with that, hey, you know, with that person that isn't their wife, but man, she doesn't know about it. It's tolerating. And we think that that equates to loving that person. But but here's the truth. It, it's not. Actually, right, you choosing not to confront them in love, right, choosing not to have healthy confrontation with them, exhibits the fact that you aren't really caring for them. You don't love them. And so the way that we show our love for folks, right, is, man, to encourage them to go back to the truth. The way that we show our love for that friend that's struggling is to spur them back on to love and good deeds. To encourage them, man, to get back on the road. And we see that all throughout Scripture. See that all throughout Scripture. Hosea 6.1. Remember, uh, Hosea, right, the people of Israel, man, they're really struggling. Far from God, right? And we see Hosea's plea to the people of Israel, man, that really long story. You ought to read it one time, right? God leads him to marry a prostitute to, to picture what the people of Israel were doing to God, right? Prostituting themselves to foreign gods, right? And then, you know, God gets a hold of Hosea and he, and he tells him, man, you need to call for the folks to come back to me. And this is what he says in Hosea 6, verse 1. He says, come, let us retor- return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down that he will bind us uh, and then we see the writer in the book of Hebrews in Hebrews 10, 24, put it this way. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Listen, we are called and encouraged to love our neighbors, love those who are in the body of faith. Right. And, and the way that we exhibit that love is if, if one's struggling, 
and we step into their life and encourage them. Man, hey, and follow the Lord. Go back to him. Go back to him. Which, by the way, I'll throw this in free of charge, too. Hey, you know, we're called to love uh, everybody. Whenever it talks about our neighbors, it's not just talking to, you know, your physical neighbor or those who are right next to you or, or those f- fellow brothers and sisters in faith. It's called to love everybody. Hey, the, here it is. The best way you can love a person that doesn't know Jesus, man, is to share the truth of Jesus with them. Hello. Best way you can love, hey, love a person that, that's far from the Lord, man, is to share with them the glorious hope. That Jesus, man, he came, lived a perfect life, died and rose from the grave for that person so they can have hope, so they can be satisfied. And so the call for us, man, is, man, to show love. And that was what was missing in the church in Thyatira. And so the call for us is to love, man. Hey, here's the deal, and I'll move on to our final point. May we choose to be people that don't tolerate sin. I don't know about you, but for me, man, I I don't want to see... Right, my fellow brothers and sisters in the faith, man, end up shipwrecking their faith. And me just turn a blind eye because, man, things are good in my world. I don't want to be that person. Hey, I don't want to see that that person that, that I know, man, that I play ball with, that, you know, that I hang out, that, that doesn't know Christ. Right, end up dying and going to hell. And I didn't do anything about it. I didn't, I didn't share the truth of the gospel. I can't save them. But I didn't even take the opportunity to step in and share the hope of Jesus with them. I, I, I don't want that to be my life. And hey, friends, that ought to not be yours either. Choose to be folks, man, that choose not to tolerate sin in our personal life, but also, man, sin in the life of others. And secondly and lastly, truth statement number two is this. Holding fast leads to joy that will forever last. Holding fast leads to a joy that will forever last. We'll go back to the text. Look what the text says here in verse 24. But to the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold to this teaching, this false teaching that was taking place there, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, which, right, uh, uh, there's a little bit of uh, uh, what's known as Gnosticism, right? This Jezebel coming and saying, hey, I've got this hidden knowledge, hidden knowledge. Hey, listen, this is what God revealed to me. Hey, it's all right. Man, it's all right, man. You could shack up with that person, commit sexual immorality. Man, you're worshiping a God. It's all good. It's all good. Those of you who are not participating in that, to you, I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, but rather hold fast what you have until I come. What is he talking about there? Holding fast to their faith. The faith that they received through coming to faith in Christ. The faith that they received through repentance and faith in him, trusting in him. Hold fast to that. Don't sway. Man, continue on. And when you do so, man, it leads to a joy that will forever last. And he talks about that the rest of the way. Verse 26, the one who conquers and who keeps my words until the end to him, I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with an iron, with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken into pieces. Even as I myself have received authority from the Father, and I will give him the morning star. Man, friends in here, listen, hold fast. I know temptation is knocking at your door, but listen, hold fast. Hang on. Hold fast. Man, because, man, that leads to a joy that will forever last. I, uh, another personal story. Those of you who are new with us, I love telling personal stories. 
A lot of times folks can relate, you know, to those because a lot of times it perhaps has happened in your life. Uh, but a uh, personal story in high school, uh, you know, playing ball, playing football, uh, we went through, you know, off-season program called uh, boot camp, right, which, you know, I remember thinking, man, that was the toughest thing on earth, but I know I am standing here in the midst of several military men that have gone through actual military boot camp. And so I'm here to say, man, hey, men and women, who've gone through, you know, actual boot camp. And I'm here to say, listen, man, I salute you guys. I know probably I couldn't have made it, you know, but, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I remember going through uh, football boot camp and, uh, and man, every day there was a point in time where I wanted to quit every day, man. I mean, they made us do all kinds of stuff. It's like 35 degrees, which in Texas, that only happens a couple of times a year. It's 35 degrees, super cold. We had to run outside. I'm thinking, man, this is, this is horrible. You know, I, I'd rather just be in art class or something right now. You know, take something else. I'd rather just quit. And and the way that they set it up was they had a bell in the middle of the weight room that you can ring at any time. And they would encourage you. Hey, listen, if you don't want to be here, just just walk on over to the bell and ring it. You can do it. And, man, every day you'd see several folks, man, run, not walk, run over the bell, ring it, head on to the locker room and call it a day. But for some of those other folks, right, they, they helped encourage me with the fact that, hey, man, this season, this boot camp, it's only a season. It's only for a season. Soon enough, we're going to end up going into spring ball where it gets fun. We're going to be able to put pads on and hit people again and get hit again. We're going to be able to start playing games right after the summer. It's only for a season. Once we get through this, man, hey, the, the real fun starts. The real fun starts. And I need to be reminded of that all the time, every single day, every single day. And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, hey, friends, look, listen, man, hold on, hold fast. The potential persecution that you're facing, you know, some of you may lose your jobs if you say no to joining these organizations. Listen, hold fast. It's all right. This is just temporary, just temporary. Those of you men who, who are struggling with temptation, whatever that looks like in your life, hey, listen, hold fast. Hold fast. Because, hey, what's to come, man, is a joy that will forever last. What does that joy look like, real quick? What, what does it look like based on what we see here in the text? By this eternal joy, it consists of two things. Number one, it consists of this truth that we will one day reign with Christ. Man, oh, what joy there is to know that one day we will reign with Christ. That's what he talks about here. That's what he says in verse 26. Man, the one who conquers and who keeps my word to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Right. It speaks to this fact that, that, man, one day we will reign with Christ whenever he comes back. We'll reign with him here and then we'll reign with him forever in glory. Revelation 20 verses four and six, it says it like this. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Also, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. 
And blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. Amen. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Friends in here, we will reign with the Lord both in the thousand year reign and for all eternity. Which, by the way, this speaks to, right, the fact that we are overcomers in him. Speak to the fact that, man, those of us in here who know Jesus, we have victory. And that doesn't mean just to come. We have victory in the now, too. We have victory over that temptation. Man, that temptation comes crouching at the door. You can say no to it. Hey, you have victory over the sin, right, that comes crouching at your door. So because of that, hold fast. Hold fast because one day we will reign with the Lord. Then secondly, what it looks like for us is not just reigning with Christ, but residing with him. We will one day reside with Christ. Man, I tell you, talk about what to look forward to. One day we're going to be able, man, to dwell with Jesus forever. Hey, one day, Brother Neil, we're going to be able to see Jesus face to face. Hey, one day we're going to be able, man, to sing his praises forevermore. Of course, we, those of us in Christ, man, we are with him now. Colossians 3 tells us that he is our life, right? Uh, he, he dwells in us now. We uh, possess him now. He possesses us now. But, man, one day, man, we will be with him forever. Revelation 22:16 speaks to that, right? Christ calls himself the bright morning star. So when it says there, I will give you, I will give him the morning star, he's talking about himself. Give himself. He would get, he's going to give himself to us fully one day. We will reside with him forever. And man, that ought to fire us up. That ought to get us excited. This is temporary. Temporary. And we will be with him forever. Reminds me of that old hymn of the faith. Man, you've probably sang it before. If you've been in church any point in time. Right? It, it, it speaks to heaven. Man, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. Man, one day, man, we're going to see him. Which, by the way, I'll go ahead and throw this in free charge. Make sure I know that you're awake. Whenever we get to glory, bless God, hey, there's going to be a lot of sinking going on. Amen. And so I tell you what, Brother Dwayne, I think we ought to start practicing now. Those of you who struggle, man, you don't worship. Hey, again, man. Worship as the Lord leads you to worship. Some of you got, you know, some folks are a little more expressive. They'll raise their hands. They'll sing loudly. Some, you know, don't. But those that struggle with, with singing in general, you better get ready because heaven, there's going to be a lot of singing. There'll be a lot of singing. And so all that to say, listen, we are going to be residing with him. We're residing with him. With the bright and morning star. And so because of that, hey, hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. A couple of take-home thoughts, and then we'll be dismissed this morning. Let's let's make this thing practical, right? What does this look like practically for us in the room uh, today? Uh, three things. Three things. Number one is this. First decision we got to do is choose to surrender false pretense. Surrender false false pretense. It's not explicitly stated here, but but the thought is a lot of the the uh, reason uh, main reason why the church there in Thyatira, a lot of them struggled with choosing to uh, uh, speak to what was going on in the life of the church was because they didn't want to offend that person. 
They'd rather choose to tolerate it. And in their mind, they thought that that was loving. But as I mentioned earlier, true love for a brother and sister in the Lord is to have that that difficult conversation with them. Not, not under the guise of thinking that you've got it all figured out or that you know it all. But man, out of love for them, out of an attitude of love and grace that's first cultivated out of a relationship for them. So surrender that false pretense. Listen, at the end of the day, man, if God puts in your heart, man, that, that brother and sister that you know for a while, that you know is struggling, that you know they didn't walk in with the Lord, man, he puts them on your heart to go and speak to, man, man, in love, go and speak to them. Get prayed up and go and talk to them and encourage them. Following obedience. I will say not every time that they're going to respond. Man, they may be mad at you for a week or two. But bless God, you were called to be answered the call to be obedient. And who knows how God uses that conversation. In their life, so surrender false pretense, which leads to the second. Truth. Take home thoughts, share the truth in love with them. Share the truth in love. Galatians 6.1 says it this way. Brothers and sisters. I'll add that in there. Brothers and sisters. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, which that's important. Keep, keep and watch over yourself, lest you too be tempted. Share the truth in love. That phrase, spirit of gentleness, in, in the Greek. It's a medical term that speaks to, right, this, uh, the act of restoring a bone that's been broken, setting it in place. You don't shove a bone, you don't shove a bone that's been broken back into place. That would hurt really bad. And you'll probably get sued if you're in the medical field. You gently set it back into place. Don't miss the picture. That, that is the picture here, right in. Man, stepping in, in. Encouraging those, man, that are struggling in their walk with the Lord. Man, it's to restore in a spirit of gentleness. And choosing to do so, man, keeping watch over yourself, lest you too be tempted. Man, that speaks to, hey, you don't know it all. Don't get it. And hey, that same issue that that person can struggle with, hey, you too can find yourself in the same place if you're not careful. So keep watch over yourself as well. Man, choose to share the truth in love. And then thirdly and lastly is this. Keep on keeping the faith. Keep on keeping the faith. I I know, you know, the uh, following Jesus, right, uh, spending time with him every single day, right, the the in and outs of, you know, coming to church, right, fellowshipping with him. If if we're just being honest, I know sometimes it can end up becoming, uh, you know, a rote or routine. I've talked about that some within this series. Some of you may struggle and think, man, I, you know, man, I'm spending time in God's word. Man, I'm spending time in prayer. You know, I hadn't had one of those, quote unquote, watershed moments in a while. Well, listen, hey, a lot of the Christian life is not that. A lot of the Christian life is is simply one step at a time, day by day. Man, keep it on. Keep it on. Keeping on being obedient as you spend time with him. Keeping on as he speaks to you, man, answering the call. Keep it on. And that's what the Lord is calling for us to do. Hey, listen, hold fast. Hold fast. First Timothy 6, 
11, the context of that, right? Uh, uh, there were a lot of false teachers that were there in the church at Ephesus. Timothy said, hey, don't do as they were doing, right? Don't follow them, right? That's uh, Verse 10 speaks to, hey, that, that's where the love of money is the root of all evil, right? A lot of folks were in it for a good old buck. And Paul encourages Timothy not to fall victim to love and money. But instead, he tells him this in verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things I just talked about. And rather pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Keep on keeping the faith. Hey, listen, keep on keeping the faith. Because he's worth it. Hey, keep on keeping the faith because there's no one else, no one else to whom we can run to but him. Hey, keep on keeping the faith because he's been good to you. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask for the band to come up this morning as we wrap up our time those of you who may be new with us today, uh, we're moving into a time of response. You know, the Bible says in, in James chapter 1 that uh, we're, as Christians, right, and non-Christians alike, whoever in, encounters the word, that there's always a call to respond. We're called not to be hearers of God's word, but doers of it. Doers of it. And there is a call to respond. The Lord is speaking to you today. Speaking to you today. What's he saying? What's he calling you? 